I was going to preach today about the church. I've been preaching this subject, Brother Shirley, for probably a little over 50 years. Uh, I never get tired of talking about what belongs to God and what comes out of the creative abilities of the Almighty God. I never get tired. We talk about it early in the mornings. Sometimes, Sister Thomas and I do. We sometimes talk about it so much that the air is filled with the presence of God and we just stop and take a little time to worship him, just the two of us together because I never get tired of connecting with him no matter where it is. I leaned over to Brother Shirley today. He's been my dear friend for longer than he probably wants to remember. I said, Brother Shirley, these are veterans of the faith and veteran missionaries who've launched many things for the kingdom of God in different places of the world. But I said, Brother Shirley, you've been on the battlefield for all these many years. You've gone to places where you might not have been invited, but you went there because God sent you and you've fought the battles spiritually and you've proclaimed the name of Jesus and the power of the name of Jesus. And you preached healings and signs and wonders by and through faith in the name of Jesus. My prayer for you today is that all of that will come back home and rest on your body today and let you go out of here with glory and rapturous feeling because God honored your faithful service over the years. There are others in this house today that have been veterans. I could name some of you. I could name many of you. I've watched your lives over the years. I guess I've uh, probably got as many years as anybody else in here, maybe more than most of you. But I've watched you over the years as you have not only been transformed by the power of God, but you committed and connected to him in such a way that he was a part of your life every day that you lived. I've heard you pray in your home. I've heard you pray in your homes. I've heard you pray in, on the side of the road. I've heard you pray in different places. But you were always connected with God. I was praying about this this service, and I'm so reluctant to say God said or God spoke to me, but I know when He speaks in my spirit, and in my spirit. He said, we are the church. We are the church. We're not an organization. We're not a denomination. We're not a part of something that doesn't serve fully according to Scripture. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords as we endeavor to do. We are the church. 
and he said, it is your duty and responsibility to preserve, to ensure that it is in its original state, to preserve so that it does not deteriorate or disintegrate, for God's sake, no. Preserve and protect and pass on the heritage that has been laid before you and given to you. Look at your neighbor and say, you are the church. I saw the, I saw the beautiful display. We're in a beautiful building, by the way. I saw the display of the history of the progress of this church, and I didn't have to see the pictures because I have it deeply in my mind. And I thought, this is wonderful what God has done with this group of people under this anointed leadership. It's wonderful what has happened. But this building is not the church. Did you hear me? You say, well, we paid for this building. It belongs to us. Yes, it does. It belongs to you. But it's not the church. It's the place where the church comes to worship. It's the place where the church comes to get direction. And it's the place where the church comes to get restoration and healing and guidance and the things that we must do. But this church will never, this building will never be the church. Sometimes we get locked in on semantics that, that are culture-related because that's the way the world looks at. They say, oh, that's a beautiful church. No, that's a beautiful building. But when you come inside and you see the people that begin to open up their hearts and give praise and worship, you begin to see the church exposed in its reality. Young man over here, he, was, he had some moves on him for sure. Do you know what I thought? I thought if God tarries, that young man may be up here one day preaching the gospel to somebody. These people, that, these young people that were up here singing, there's a place for them in God's church. Because some of you that sit in this place, I, know, I, I knew you when you were that size. Uh, I won't go too far down that road because my son's on the sound booth back there and he's proven to me that he knows where the on off button is when I was in the pulpit. My granddaughter, my grandson, up here on this platform, involved in worship and leading worship. My daughter-in-law, who's been for years doing the same thing. And some of you, you've carried on the, the deep, deep legacy that was handed to you and brought it to this point. But can I say this? And I'm, I'm, I'm keeping my voice toned down here on purpose because we're going to come to what God told me he was going to do. And then I'm going to stop and let God do what he said he was going to do. 
said, he said in the book of Ephesians, I heard you say you're going to have a marriage seminar here this weekend, and you're probably going to read something from the book of Ephesians, where he was talking about how a man, husband should love his wife, even as Christ has loved the church and gave himself for it. But to take the last, the last part of that passage of Scripture, he said, the reason that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it. I want you to notice this very carefully because we don't give God what he already owns. We don't say, here, God, here's the church we've prepared for you that he may present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. As God has led this man and woman to lead this body of people, Throughout these nearly 25 years, there has been an unending, never-stopping onslaught of the enemy that has a sole purpose and mission of to find some way to put spots and blemishes on the lives of those who are the church so that when it comes to the ultimate objective of the church to be presented by God to himself. The spots and blemishes would keep them from being a part. You know what I'd like to see happen in these last days, and we are in them, in these last days of the church? I would love to see the word of God sweep across the face of the earth in such a way that everybody who considers themselves to be a Christian would be washed and regenerated and renewed by the word that comes across their life so that they can be among that number. We shall see the king for the king is coming that he might present, present it to himself. Now we are the church. I could go on through this and tell you that the only way the church can be glorious, it has, to, it has to be full of his glory. It has to be full of the illustrious, splendid, magnificent power of the Almighty God. The day we come to a place, Brother John, where all we want to do is dress ourselves up and look pretty and nice and see how sophisticated we can look and how sophisticated and dignified we can act. The day we come to that point is the day we tell God we're not interested in what you are designing in the church. We're interested in what we can become within our own eyes amongst our own people and friends and peers. You know what? It really doesn't matter what the man on the side of the pew that you're sitting on thinks about you. But it matters greatly what God sees in you. And if we get to the place where we may in this world, I don't like to speak negatively, but there are a lot of negative things happening. If we get to the place that I think 
the world is going. It's going to get harder and harder for people to stand true to the calling of God. And if you don't have a deep commitment and connection to what God has put in your life, when the greatest of pain and sorrow and agony comes in your life, you're going to surrender to those things, hoping that you'll be able to find some relief. But I've got news for you. There are people that are standing tall and strong on the foundation of the Word of God who said, I made up my mind a long time ago that as for me and my house, we were going to live for God. No matter what comes or what goes, no matter what takes place in our world, we're going to stand true to our calling. And if it comes down to a place where they line us up against the wall and say, you gotta, you got to denounce him, you gotta, you got to turn against him, you got to turn away from the calling that you have in your life, I don't know about you, but I made my mind up. You say, well, Brother Thomas, you're older. You don't have that many years left on this earth. I don't know how many years I have left, but I know one thing. Ever how many years I have left, I intend to serve God and worship God and magnify God and praise God. And I intend to be connected with him. Whatever I've got to do to stay connected with God, I'm going to do it. I'm going to pray. I'm going to do the things that the word of God tells me to do. I'm going to be faithful and I'm going to be dedicated. And I'm going to be committed. And when I come to the house of God, I'm not coming in and say, okay, preacher, I've done preaching now for 50 years. Now you just entertain me a little bit. Uh, pardon me, I, I, I didn't mean to get out on that edge. But if all we're doing to come to church to get entertained by the music and the preaching, we've got a great big social club. And the way I read it, and the way I look back on it, he dug this church out. He washed it and cleansed it with his own blood. He called us out of darkness. I thank God for the new people that are coming into the church today. I thank God for those that are coming out of the darkness of this life. I thank God for those who are making up their minds today. But had there not been some people yesterday, Sister Harden, who was willing to fast and pray and work and fast and pray and work and fast and pray and preach when it wasn't so popular then we wouldn't have a church building even to come to today let alone a church that's an apostolic church there's a lot of places that go under the banner of church that are not apostolic may I just offer the, the new people a little tidbit of advice if you have felt one tinge of the Spirit of God in this house, don't turn away from that and go looking for something somewhere else that you'll never find. Move closer to what you're feeling. And let that Spirit that you felt the tinge of, let it draw you closer. Because when the Bible says, He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. And God's coming back for a church that's in the same state as the original church was. In that church, pe people worshiped God in ways that nobody had ever worshiped God before. In that church, they prayed and they fasted and they, they took the gospel out.
They didn't just come to the house of God and say, well, I've got my fix for this week. They went out on the workplace and they told people about Jesus. Now, I can shout and scream and I can preach and I can get my face red and I can do all of that, but I'm preaching to you right now. I appreciate the modern things that have come into our world. I use them. I appreciate technology, although it can be frustrating sometimes. Like I, will, I logged on this morning and looked at some accounts I have online and 15 times somebody hacked into one of my accounts yesterday and started again today. I like technology, but technology is not perfect. By the way, I got that card canceled before they made any big purchases, but I like technology, but technology is not going to save us. I like all the things that we can do in the house of God. I like the fact that we can stand here and preach and it can be broadcast around the world. You know, we got hung up years ago about how to broadcast it on the next town or the next state. Look where we might have been if we kept our minds open to ways to get the gospel out to people. There might be millions, multiplied millions more people in the kingdom of God today. But the church... The church has got to be the church. The church I read about, they came together, they broke, they broke bread together sometimes, they prayed, they fasted, they worshiped. And when Jesus showed up, which he did quite often, there always was something supernatural that took place. I think supernatural ought to be a part of every time we gather. Would you think I was way out there if I said, I believe there ought to be miracles taking place in every service we come into in the house? <clears throat> but we have to connect with him. And we have to be willing to give him the preeminence in our life and know that it's not what we can give to him. It's what he can give to us that really matters because I've gone sometimes when I was confused and didn't have the answers that I needed. And the Bible said when you come to that place, ask for wisdom from above. And you know what? Every time I've asked God for wisdom, he's poured it out upon me. He's poured it out upon me. It's wonderful to have a pastor to call and say, Pastor, I'm faced with a dilemma. I need some help. But pastor can't answer every question for help. Brother Gaddy's supernatural himself. He and Sister Gaddy are two of the classiest people I know on the face of the earth. That's all right. Go ahead. Go ahead because they just, they're two of the classiest people I know on earth. But they're preachers of the gospel, and they're human, and they can't answer every question. And i got to go a step further and say this, Brother Gaddy, even though you answer 99 and 9 tenths percent of them, there's going to be so many people gathered in the kingdom of God in these next short period of time that you wouldn't be able to get lined up and see him for weeks. you got to know how to get in touch with God. 
and you got to know how to get wisdom from God. And you got to know that the man of God sometimes going to walk up here and didn't even know what your need was, and God has already dealt with him in the prayer room, and he's going to bring you a word from the word of God, and you're going to say, God, how did, you, how did he know what I needed? God always knows what you need, and he knows how to give the man of God the answers that will cover a multitude of issues. And so it's important to be here, and it's important to hear, and it's important to understand that, that we're going to be faced with situations. One wise man told, told, made this statement many years ago. He said, you can have everything in the world. You can have all the money in the world. You can have all the riches that go with that money. But he said, you still got life, and you still have to deal with life's issues. And so life's going to have issues, but my friend, let me tell you something. God, the creator of the universe and the creator and author and finisher of our faith, can answer every situation that we've got and give us the direction we need so that we can make it through this treacherous world that we're living in until we get to the point that he's ready to present us to himself as a glorious church without spot or without weakness. The enemy of our soul wants to destroy us and destroy our faith and destroy our confidence in God. But when you've made up your mind, as Joshua said, to cleave to the Lord, you get connected to him so that the devil and all of his emissaries cannot pull you out of the hands of God who holds you. If you're living on the edge and you're just seeing what you can get by with and still be called a Christian, I've got a word for you. You better make up your mind. That's not going to get you out of this world. You better, you better jump in head first and say, God, everything you have for me I want. And I want you to guide me into the fullness of truth so that I can be the vessel that you want me to be. He's coming back for a church who has done everything they can to make themselves ready. If he would have come at the end of the first generation, there would have been a lot of people ready to meet God. But along the way, some drifted here and some drifted there. and Some went out here and said, well, I'll just start something new. And some went over here and I'll just start something new. I don't want something new. I want something as old as the words on the pages of this book. Because those are the words that will save our souls and get us out of here. I don't even know what time it is. I couldn't see the clock. I think it's, well, I don't know. I see a bunch of numbers back there. But I think it said 11.50 a.m. And I asked my son, David, last night. I said, what time do you normally get out? He said, 11.50. So I expect, I expect the mic to go dead here shortly. My wife spoke up and she said, well, I heard one man say, uh, we get out at uh, 11.55 and if you're not through preaching, you just go ahead and preach. We'll go on to Luby's and where we're going to go eat. We'll come back and see if you're still preaching when we get through. But Here's what the Lord said to me. How many of you would like to leave here today? I haven't preached. I just told you a few things. Now I'm going to tell you what the Lord said he wanted to do. 
just as Brother Gaddy walked up here and started leading us into that depth of the flow of God's Spirit, the Lord had just spoken these words to me. And I, Brother Gaddy was direct in the will of God when he went up here. Sister Courtney, would you come back up here? Whoever's helping her out, come back up here. Because the, the last few minutes of this service, I want us to hear what the Lord said, and I want us to do what he said. And if we will do what he said, because we have a desire to be a part of that church, that will pass this legacy and this heritage on to the next generation. If our children are going to know it, they've got to see it in your homes, not just when you come to church. If your fellow employees are going to know him, they're going to have to see it where you go to work every day, and they're going to have to know something's different about you. Until they inquire, you may not be able to take your Bible into that place of worship, but if you've got the Word hidden away in your heart, you can go to breaks and lunch and you can sit down with them and you can pray people through to the Holy Ghost right where you work. You say, well, I'd get fired for that. I'd rather get fired for that than anything else I know. But I don't think you'll get fired for that. Here's what the Lord said. Would you stand? I'd like to, I hope I'm okay here, Brother Gaddy. I hope I'm okay. I feel comfortable now. I'm always nervous when I get ready to go in somebody else's pulpit. But I feel okay because the Holy Ghost has given me a peace about what he's going to do. If there's anybody in this house that you know without a doubt you need a miracle. I've just told you about a God who will perform a miracle for anybody who will put their trust in him and faith and believe him and hold on to that promise. I want you to walk up here. I need a miracle today, physical, financial, social. I need a miracle. I just want you to walk up here. Give me just a moment before we go too, too much further. Don't hesitate. If you have a miracle, you need a miracle, come on up here. Because God knows exactly. He could write it out. He knows exactly what that need is. I have one more question because he mentioned this specifically to me. God forbid that there would be anybody like that present. But if there's someone in this building who has had to travel down the road of pain and uncertainty, disappointment and discouragement so long that you feel like your hope is gone. Here's what he said to me. He said, if this people will connect with me this day, I will give them their heart's desire. I will give miracles and I will restore hope where someone had lost hope. If you feel like hope has slipped away from you, I wish you'd walk right up here amongst these people that are gathered up front. Nobody's going to do anything strange or unusual. Nobody's going to. 
embarrass you in any way. Nobody's going to, somebody may come put a hand on your shoulder and pray with you if that's all right. If it's not, if you're not comfortable with that, just shrug it off. Because God doesn't have to have anybody when you connect with him. He can give you your miracle. And with just one touch of his spirit, he can restore the hope that you thought was forever gone. Forever gone. And as long as there's life and hope, my friend, there's a way that God can get through to you to minister whatever your need might be. Now, sometimes we, we, like, we, we like to think we got to go way up here on this high ladder of ecstatic praise and worship in order for God to do a miracle. But all we got to do is lift our hands and start thanking Him. That's all we got to do because He's ready and able. He's certainly capable of giving you exactly what you need today. If we just come and lift our hands and our hearts and say, God, I'm going to connect with you, and you got to do that, friend. Before the miracle comes, you got to connect with the Holy Ghost, and you got to know that the Holy Ghost is flowing in your life. And when the Holy Ghost begins to flow in your life, your miracle is just right there waiting on you to come to pass. It's just right there waiting on you. But you got to connect with Him. you got to feel the flowing of the Spirit. you got to push beyond the natural. You've got to push beyond every feeling that's human in nature and that wants to keep you from moving into and connecting with the power of the Holy Ghost because when you connect with the power of the Holy Ghost, you connected with the power that can transform lives. He can bring life where there's no life. He can bring sight where there's no sight. He can bring hearing where there's no hearing. He can, do all, he can put money in your bank account. You hear me? He can take your family that you think is about gone, about destroyed, and he can begin to just move gently throughout your family. And he can, he can reach out to your wayward children. He can reach out to those that are the prodigals in your life. He can touch them today simply because you're willing to connect with him and let your worship reach out to him and cry out to him. We're going to magnify him today. Church, come on, lift up your voices to the Lord and thank him. Thank him. Thank him for every time he's ever performed anything for you. We're going to worship the Lord. We're going to worship and give him praise. And we're going to, we're going to sing and give him adoration in our heart until, until we know, until we know we have touched and connected with him and the miracles and the signs and the wonders begin to go forth. I've got a feeling right now God's already pointed out some people in this building right now around this altar that he wants to do a miracle for her, that he wants to bring hope back into your life. And you've got to just let him be his, be God. You are his church. You belong to him. You've been purchased with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. 